Do you remember when you could go to a baseball game and actually be in the stadium, and then in between innings, they would try to entertain you, and one of the things sometimes they would do is uh, they would put up a form of an uh, outline of an older player, somebody from history, and they would put a little trivia question there, and then what they would do is they would begin to place puzzle pieces, starting at probably the, the cap, which identified the team he was on, and then later on, uh, the puzzle pieces would come, and the crowd would begin to guess, and you could kind of hear them in between. They were all getting excited because some of them knew who it was. Some of them got it first. Some of them couldn't even get it. And other people, you know, they, uh, obviously it became obvious at the end when all the puzzle pieces were put together who that person was. Well, you know, there's times in our life when we don't get all the puzzle pieces. In fact, usually we just get one or two to figure out what God is up to in our lives. And a lot of times we uh, misunderstand what's going on in our lives. And a lot of times we just kind of wonder, God, how could you allow this to happen to me? Or how could you allow this to happen to someone else? I remember when I was, uh, years ago, one of my best friends was also in my wedding. Tucked his children into bed. He was 40 years old. And then climbed up the stairs to go to his room, and he never made it. He had a massive heart attack. He left his wife and four children. And everybody was wondering God, what are you up to? He was an elder in his church. He was, uh, you know, just a wonderful person. Everybody thought he was their best friend, but he had died suddenly like that. Months later, I saw his wife, and she goes, I don't understand what happened, but I believe God is sovereign. What does that mean? God is sovereign. You know, sometimes we use that word, And we explain things by saying God is sovereign, but what does it mean? You know, I was uh, remembering also a time when I was going to my nephew's wedding. It just happened to be a um, weekend in October, about 10 years ago. And Lori and I had the opportunity to go to this wedding. And we arrived a few days early, and we went to see Lori's mom. And so we had... When we sat down and saw her in the afternoon, we were going to plan dinner and everything. And the first time she saw us, she goes, you know, I'm getting my walking papers today. And we knew that the uh, care facility that she was in, she was probably going to have to stay in because her husband couldn't take care of her anymore. But we had dinner together. And after dinner, all of a sudden, she had some sudden pain and we We're on our way back to the facility, and we dropped her off, and we told the nurse there, and they checked her, and they said, we've got to take her immediately to the hospital. So we followed the ambulance to the hospital, and then we sat in the ICU room with her, and then before midnight, she was gone. And a lot of the family, they just weren't able to be there, but in God's sovereignty, He allowed us to be there and to hold her hand and then to convey what she had spoken while she was there on her deathbed. God's sovereignty. You know, there are no uh, just 
mistakes or coincidences. I believe God is sovereign in everything that he does in our lives. He really works all things in our lives. And everything that goes through him, everything that comes to us has to go through him first, pass through his hands. Tony Evans said it this way. He said, God's sovereignty concerns his absolute rule and control over all his creation. God rules completely as he sits on the throne of the universe as Lord. Everything that comes about because he is either directly causes it or consciously allows it. Nothing enters into history that does not come under the complete control of God. Thus with God, there's no such thing as luck, chance, happenstance, or fate. Now I want to look at some verses that really back up this definition by Tony Evans, that God is working all things, and nothing comes by just fate, luck, or chance. Look at Romans 11.36. We already read it, some of it today. From him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. God is in charge of all things because he created all things. All things exist because of him, and he causes all things to bring him glory. Last week, I shared about the goodness of God and just how it's God's nature to be good. He loves to bless us. But there are times in our lives when we don't see that, right? We don't see how could God actually, how could this actually be something good for me or for somebody else or even for our world? We're looking at that really in the midst of a pandemic right now. But the scripture continues to speak over and over again about the goodness of God and the sovereign plan of God. And that famous verse, Romans 8.28, says this, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And then the next verse right after says this, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You know, we've often heard that phrase. We often sing about it. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. God can allow evil to happen in this world and still use it to fulfill his purposes. He shows his sovereignty. He shows what he is doing throughout his creation, throughout our lives. And he does it so clearly. Do you remember the story of Job in the Bible? That story of Job always strikes me because Job lost everything. I mean, here he was. He is faithful to God. And then all of a sudden, he's sitting there in his house and he gets one report after another. First, uh, somebody comes and steals from him, steals his land, steals his cattle Then another report comes, and there's this storm that wipes out his family and his children all die. And one after the other, he keeps on getting these reports, and it goes from bad to worse. And then when he has gone through all of that, he himself gets sick. And yet, God in his sovereignty is still working out his plan in his life. And this is what Job says in Job 23, 13, Once God has made his decision, who can change his mind, whatever he wants to do, he does. 
Job 42, 2 says this, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Nothing can change the plan of God. God is working out his plan, doing his plan, and in the midst of it, we can trust in his sovereignty. I'm sure Job asked why. Why did God allow the tragedy in his life? Why did God allow these things to happen to the people that he loved? He caught a glimpse of God's work, and in the end of the story, we see that God was at work and that God restored him and restored his family to him, blessed him, and then that story has been written for us to think about even in the 21st century. In fact, in the book of James, the first century church looked at the life of Job and compared it to what they were going through in their lives. James chapter 5, verse 10 and 11 says, Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You heard of Job's perseverance and have seen that the Lord, what the Lord finally brought about, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. In God's sovereignty and in his rule does not negate his goodness, his mercy, and his compassion. So when we say God is at work, God is sovereign, he is working all things together. Sometimes we can't see the whole picture. We only see part of it. And this is what the scripture says. Job was chosen by God. His suffering and his faith has been, have been used to encourage others throughout the generations, throughout generations upon generations of believers. But also this, I want you to know this. In him, Ephesians 1, 1 11 and 12 says, in him you also were chosen. You also are chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. God is declaring, and God has declared throughout the scripture, he is at work in your life and in my life to bring about his purpose. And one of his purposes is to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ, to grow us and develop us that we reflect Christ in our lives. In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And when that happens, we bring God glory. It it exalts him. It honors him. So if you're a believer here today, you can know that God is sovereign. You can trust in his sovereignty. You can rest in his sovereignty. You can delight in his sovereignty. But yet, you still have a responsibility to make the right choices. A lot of times, there's two camps. One says that God is sovereign, control, and predestines everything. And another one says that we have a free will. It's all up to us. And both both of those truths are one truth. God is sovereign. He's in control. But he also gives us a free will. A.W. Tozer explains sovereignty like this. He said, let's say you get on a ship heading for a port in, in Europe. And uh, there's an itinerary, and the destination is set by the proper authorities. So they've set the destination for you to go to. Now, you're going to get there. You know you're going to get there. But on the ship, 
You have the freedom to eat the food there, to go up on the deck, to, to do a lot of different things that you might want to do during your day. Sleep at night, wake up. You don't want to sleep at night, do something else. But on board, there are scores of passengers. And every one of those passengers has the freedom to do what they want to do. But they are going to a destination. And the Bible says we are going to a destination, that God has a purpose and a plan in all of history, and it's leading to a destination when he renews the heaven and earth, and that final day, that day of judgment comes, and we're with God. God is bringing the world and all of history on a course to redemption, to renewal. And he's bringing people along. Tozer goes on to say this, certain things have been decreed by the free determination of God, and one of these is the law of choice and consequences. God has decreed that all who willingly commit themselves to His Son, Jesus Christ, in the obedience of faith shall receive eternal life and become children of God. He's also decreed that those who love darkness and continue in rebellion against the high authority of heaven shall remain in a state of spiritual alienation and suffer eternal death. This is what Tozer said. And it's so true. You see that in the Bible, that God has got a destination. He's got a plan for all of history, but he's also got a plan for you and for me. He's great enough. He's more powerful enough to do all those things all at once. And that's the beauty beauty of the sovereignty of God. So think about it. What are some ways that God has revealed his sovereignty? I think one of the ways is through his creation. You know, I was, I was reading some uh, things about uh, the earth and how fast it goes. You know, the earth is traveling at 67,000 miles per hour in our universe right now. We're traveling at 67,000 miles an hour. And you thought you were standing still, right? No, but you're, you're moving. We're all moving. And, and, and the whole universe is moving, and God has us revolving around the sun, but also spinning at a couple thousand miles per hour. And then he's also set asteroids. I was reading about asteroids. And there's 21,000 asteroids. More than 100 comets come near the Earth. So we're going at 67,000 miles an hour, and then there's asteroids coming at us. I mean, that is, that's amazing. Of that group, about 2,000 are considered potentially hazardous, meaning they have orbits within 4.5 million miles of Earth and are big enough to cause massive destruction. They say there is one potentially going to hit Earth tomorrow, November 1st, the day before, November 2nd, the day before election. But it's only seven foot wide. Don't get, don't get worried. It's only seven foot wide, and it probably will burn up before it hits Earth. But researchers just last year were stunned because they discovered that there was a city killer asteroid that was up to 427 feet wide, and it came within 45,000 miles of the Earth. And if it would have hit a city, it would have gone off like a nuclear bomb. If it would have hit the earth, it would have gone off just like a nuclear bomb. Devastation. You know, we don't even know 
all the things that God has put together and balanced, but the more scientists discover more about the universe, about our human bodies, about all the things that go on, God, it declares, it exalts his sovereignty. It exalts who he is. He's caring for us. So I'm not worried about the asteroid tomorrow. I'm not worried about another asteroid coming and hitting us because God is sovereign. He has a purpose and a plan, and you can rest in his sovereignty. What are some other things? God's name reveals his sovereignty. Have you ever thought about the name of God? He's the creator, Elohim. It says in Genesis 1, he is the God who created everything. He's the sovereign Lord, Jehovah Adonai. The Lord God, you see it in capital letters whenever you see that in your Bible, the Lord God. In Genesis 15, he's the one that spoke to Abraham, who was just one man with his elderly wife. And he told him that he was going to be with him and bless him, and that through him all the world would be blessed, through his seed. And we know that's Jesus. He's the all-sufficient one. It says he's El Shaddai, God Almighty, the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. And he spoke to Abraham when Abraham was so old and didn't think that he could bear any children. God was the all-sufficient one to him. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He begins history, and he will take us right on through into eternity. And he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It says that in Revelation chapter 17. He's the King of all kings whether that be kings or presidents. Are you worried about the election? I hope not. I hope you're not worried about it. I hope you're not anxious about it or about what's happening throughout the world. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords, of every dictator, of every ruler, of every leader. He's the king and the Lord over everything. So we need to be looking at the promises of God, who he is and his sovereignty And when we begin to comprehend that, it can give us a greater trust and a greater peace and a purpose for living in our lives. It goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 1, and our main verses today are Ephesians 7 through 14, but in verse 7 it says, In him we have redemption through his blood. Now the greatest revelation that God could give us was the revelation of Jesus coming to earth as a man. God became man and dwelt among us, born of a virgin, the sinless Lamb of God, who willingly sacrificed his life for us on the cross so that he could pay for our sins so that we might be able to enter into the family of God. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Do you see how God works? In his wisdom and understanding, not only does he cause the planets to be in balance and the whole universe to be in balance, but yet with his wisdom and understanding, he lavishes it on you and I. He brings his goodness and his understanding and his working into our lives. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. God is working his purpose and his plan through Christ and through the message of the gospel 
to be put into effect then when times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So this morning, as we think about Jesus Christ, as we think about God and his sovereignty and our Lord Jesus Christ coming and dying for us, when we partake of communion, we're remembering We're remembering what he did for us. And so I hope that you will be encouraged to partake willingly and rejoicing in what Christ has done. In verses 13 and 14, Ephesians says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And you keep on hearing this idea, to the praise of his glory. God is working all things out to the praise of his glory. And we get to be a part of that. He invites us to be a part of that. He gives us his Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing What is to come? And it's like a seal. When a king put his seal on a letter, or when he put his seal on a piece of property, that said, you belong to me. And we belong to the King of kings and Lord of lords. So what's our response in all of this? What does God call us to? Well, the first thing I believe is to trust his plan. Even if you only have a few pieces of the puzzle of what's going on in your life right now. You trust God's plan to put together the rest of the pieces. Personally in your life, greater in the church, and and even greater in our community and in our world and in our nation and in our world and globally and throughout history, God is putting together the pieces. Now, He's given us, he's revealed the greatest mystery of all, how we can come to know him. And that's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, that is a big piece of the puzzle. And I hope you've responded to that. Then rest in his sovereignty. That's the next thing that we can do. We can rest in his sovereignty. The Gospels depict Jesus under extreme pressure, even as he goes to the cross, right? He's sweating drops of blood. He's there at the Garden of Gethsemane. He's on his knees and he's crying out to God, Father, not my will, but yours be done. He's praying for the sovereign will of God to be done, even though he doesn't feel very much. He's in extreme fear of what's going to happen to him and the pain that he's going to absorb for our sin. But he says, nevertheless, your will be done. Then he exhibits, after he gets done praying, he exhibits this calmness. Whether he's at the trial, whether he's going to the cross, whether he's carrying his cross, he knows that he is doing God's will and he's at peace in it, even in the midst of his suffering. That's amazing. If Jesus gave us the example to rest in God's sovereignty, we can rest in God's sovereignty as well. We may not have to go through, we won't have to go through what Jesus did for us. But we'll have to go through our own disappointments, our own struggles, our own suffering. 
And God promises to be with us in it. And the last thing is exercise faith and obedience to his will. You know, when you trust in God's sovereignty, you can exercise your faith in God and then your obedience to do his will. Because you know that it's going to work out for his glory and that he's going to work all things together for good to those that love him that are called according to his purpose. And those he called, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And we're part of that. So rejoice in that. Know that your life has purpose. It has direction. You may not see all the puzzles, uh, pieces of the puzzles put together yet, but you stay in the process through faith and obedience to his will. As you seek him, he reveals that to you, and he'll show you that. So let's pray. As we prepare for communion, let's pray and ask God, and our worship team is going to come up, and uh, we're going to just prepare our hearts for communion. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word to us today about your sovereignty, that we can trust in your plan. Lord, that you have, your plan is being revealed throughout history, but it's also being revealed personally in our lives and in our church. We thank you that we can rest in your sovereignty, that, Lord, you will, that you, the things that you've begun, you will complete whether that's our salvation or the process of sanctification in our lives or whether that's world events that you're bringing about. We trust in your sovereignty. And, Lord, we exercise faith in obedience to do your will, Lord. We ask today that you'll teach us how to exercise our faith and, Lord, how to trust you and obey you. We pray this in Jesus' name.